Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is awesome to have you here again. Welcome to another week. I almost wasn't going to do the podcast this week because I was like, I just don't feel like it. But you know something? I promise you that I will bring you new content every week. And so here I am. This podcast episode was actually going to be scheduled for a few weeks time, but we're bringing it forward. See, this is where you can just kind of go with the flow and make things work for you in your business, especially when you do do a bit of a batch. So that's the joy of batching. So you can always just pull it out whenever you need to. So today I am speaking with Lauren Cress. She is a business scientist. She talks about branding as well. But one of the things you really wanted to talk about, because she's a little bit of a whiz at it, is LinkedIn. And for anybody that listens, you will know that I, and I did say to her, I don't love it. I don't love LinkedIn, (laughs) but some of the tips that she shares today, I really did like. And so I am trying to be a bit better on LinkedIn. It's just not as much fun, but we did have a bit of a laugh. And she's like, I'm going to convince you that LinkedIn is the place to be. So this is such a good episode. I really enjoyed our chat. Uh, I was actually just on her podcast before we recorded this as well. And so, yeah, so, you know, it's something podcasting has been one of the best things for meeting new people. And I really loved Lauren. I loved her personality. We could have talked forever. So I hope that you're going to enjoy this podcast episode. But listen, I have got something for you is that this podcast will be going live on the 8th of October 2020 and this week I have got a competition which is on my Instagram at Suze Chadwick and it's actually a picture of the podcast logo my image and it's a giveaway so you can actually win one 60 minute one-on-one pick my brain session with me a copy of my book, Play Big Brand Bold, a copy of my custom designed affirmation cards and get this, a sponsored ad for your business on the Brand Builders Lab podcast. That is crazy. So that has got quite a high value to it. And all you have to do is go and like the post and leave a review So for the podcast. So what you can do is go to suzechadwick.com forward slash podcast review And you can leave a review there, but go and check out the Instagram post, go and like it and follow and all the rest of it. And you could win that amazing prize, which will be drawn on Monday. So the competition closes on Sunday uh, and we'll be drawing that on Monday and announcing who the winner is. So make sure you get in and thank you to everybody that has left a review because reviews really help us with our rankings and it helps other people to find the podcast. And so a thank you. I really appreciate it. And the other thing is, is that if you want to become a bold speaker and you want to start a podcast or you just want to get better with how you are talking about the things that you're doing, then make sure that you check out the Bold Speakers Collective 
as well. If you go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BSC for Bold Speakers Collective, you can join the wait list right there and find out when it launches and opens, which I'm super excited about. But hey, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Lauren, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Suze. I'm really excited to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Now, I do have to say, so Lauren and I, we're already an hour in hanging out when we're recording this podcast because I went live on her StreamYard, which is an awesome streaming uh, platform. And we were live on LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube. Is and that right? All of them. All, well, just not Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> And Lauren and I have been talking about, she's the LinkedIn girl. And obviously I was saying to her that I basically run my business of Instagram. So we're now going to try and like help each other out to find the love for the other (laughs) platform, which is why I'm excited that you're here today, actually, because we are going to be talking all about LinkedIn for small businesses. uh, And we're going to be talking about three key things that you need for good LinkedIn marketing. So I'm excited to dive in. Lauren has said that if I have not convinced her by the end of this podcast episode, (laughs) not to worry, but I'm sure I will be converted anyway. But for those of my audience who don't know you, tell us all about you and where you've come from and how you got here and what you do now. Yeah, sure. So do you want the long version or the short version, Suze? (laughs) I want the the interesting version. So you decide which is more interesting. All right. I'll I'll try to do the interesting, but, you know, somewhat synopsized version, if that's a a word. (laughs) So I started my business four years ago. I initially started with um, a business partner and, uh, and now I run the business myself. But it's gone through a lot of change and particularly in 2020, which... I think so many people can relate to, so many small businesses out there can relate to. 2020 has been a time for many existential crises that have their own special category, uh, you know, in relation to that, you know, that virus that we don't need to go go into detail about talking about. But I basically kind of, I've been trying to get content marketing to work and brand strategy work and trying to figure out, you know, who is it I really work with and who is it I really want to be, uh, be sort of helping and why do I want to help them and what sort of problems we want to solve and I kind of have been chasing this thing of like oh I think I want to be like a coach or a consultant um, and sort of solve brand problems you know from a from a speaking my language lady (laughs) yeah but from like a scientific angle. So my, my background is in science and in neuroscience. And as you know, psychology and what we were talking about on my yeah. show too, such an important part of, of brand strategy. And then as sort of, you know, this year in 2020 and I kind of lost clients and I was like, what do I want to do? And what I really found when I really looked inside myself and I was like, you know, who am I and what do I want to do with my life? I was like, I just want to, I just want to interview people. Like I just want to have convers. I love conversations and I love the way that conversation can be used to really bring people's ideas to life. You know, when you're in that state of flow. Um, so I've really like sort of honed in uh, how I do that and, and what I, what I do there, but such a big part of that for me and a big part of my journey has been LinkedIn, you know, has been the connections I've made on LinkedIn, the people I've spoken to. So I'm going to, I'm going to wear the ambassador for LinkedIn marketing hat today. <laughs> you wear it loud and proud lady. All good. All good. You are, you know, you're amongst friends here, even though we may not, you know, sit in the same platforms, 
we're, we're always curious. We're a curious bunch. And so I know so many of my audience, which are women in business mainly, but shout out to the blokes. I know that there's some that do listen and you send me messages going, you know, I am here. I'm listening, <laughs> which I love. Um, but yeah, we're curious, like what works, what doesn't work? Like, should I be using that? Is that, is that a, something I'm missing out on? Like an opportunity I'm missing out on if I don't use LinkedIn. So I think that people are definitely more curious. And I do know that the platform has shifted. Yeah. You know, we were talking just before I started recording that because I lived in it for so long in the corporate world, when I left the corporate world, I was like, see you later, LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't want to be. And this was what, 2014, I think you said? Was it 2014? No, it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, so I have been on it for a long time. But but what were you doing before you started your business? So Mm. before you started the partnership, what were you doing before that? So I was working in business to business media. So I was working with um, a publication. Well, so the publication's might be a little bit more well-known than the company. So it's called Cirrus Media, which is now called the Australian Doctor Group. And I was working in sort of like medical journalism, but the sponsored content space. So how do we work with pharmaceutical companies to actually like put interesting content out there, which is quite challenging when you're speaking to doctors and specialists and no offense to any doctors. My husband's a doctor, right? Love doctors doing great job. But, you know, you, it's kind of, you know, when you and I were chatting before about like you don't have to be boring just because you're in business or because you're talking about something serious. So that's yeah. always fascinated me is like how do we tell stories that are engaging even if it's about something that, you know, initially might be like really science or medicine or like that doesn't, that sounds a bit boring. It's like, well, how do we, that's an interesting brief, right? Like how do you tell a story about something that seems dry? How do you tell, tell a story that's more interesting? So um, I was working in media and, and like with the sponsored content space, super interesting space. Cause at the time content marketing had been like big in America, but it was kind of coming over to Australia. It was sort of, Oh yeah, maybe we should be doing some content marketing stuff. So I've always been really interested in how we can tell stories for free that engage our audience and create customer advocacy rather than paying for attention, which I'm just like, nah, I don't want to pay for, I think my content's valuable. I don't think I should have to pay to get people to listen and watch. I mean, you know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that too, actually. I'm all about the mix. I'm a good, I think a good mix. I think, you know, when I sort of talk about your warm and your hot audience and your cold audience, I think it's really great to, uh, I think it's good to have some marketing spend and dollars towards attracting more of a cold audience that don't know you so that you can grow that warm audience, which is where, it's a non-paid, content-driven, building a relationship, sharing valuable stuff, um, having, you know, being in that two-way conversation as well. So I like a bit of a mix. I think it's, I think it's good for the majority to be sort of organic, but I, uh, I'm, I'm okay with pay-to-play as well. I think it's a good opportunity if you can get it right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Like I think, um, like I've definitely done it before. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for certain things, but what I've seen a big push um, for, and I think we're seeing maybe a little bit of a reaction to that now is, you know, sort of like Facebook marketing funnels being the answers to everything before you even know who your audience is, you know, it's like, and it's sort of like the slot machines, right? It's just like, Oh, let's put money in and see cha-ching is like anything. People can't see me, but I'm pretending I'm, (laughs) I'm on a pokies machine. Um, (laughs) 
It was very good. Yeah. Just in case you missed it. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, you know, like you said, I, I do think it, when it's done well, and I think when it's targeted and when it's got a specific purpose, uh, then I think that it can work really well. But yeah, I do. I'm not really sort of somebody who's like, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks mm. and just have like a million things running and, and waste money in your business as well. But yeah, I think it's an interesting one. And I think it was funny that you're sort of saying, you know, you're married to a doctor and my husband's a doctor, but in science. So his research and development used to work for Merck Sharp and Dome. Oh, uh, okay. They were one of my clients. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I used to recruit um, pharmaceutical sales reps when I was in oh, recruitment as well. Okay. So yes, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And so you did that. And then when you started your business with your partner, what was that business? Like, What were you guys doing? Yeah, well, so this was one of the things that we were kind of trying to figure out because one of the big, um, sort of one of the big shifts that was happening as we started our business, and this was in 2016, was people were starting to turn away from content marketing. So, you know, it kind of went through that like valley of disillusionment for like people who are familiar with the hype cycle. It was sort of getting to that point where it's like, oh, this is a bit old and like this isn't a silver bullet actually, surprise, surprise. Like we can't just use this strategy. <laughs> so um, we kind of were, were starting our business as things were starting to cool there. And so then it was kind of like we had foundation clients, you know, like a lot of service-based businesses, you kind of just focus on servicing your client, but then, uh, so or your key clients. And so we did well in terms of revenue and all that kind of stuff. We actually weren't really pressure cooked into creating a value proposition, right? Which is crazy. So it's like, oh yeah, we can tell these stories, we can do all this stuff, but actually what are we doing for ourselves? And I see this happen yeah. all the time. Like, you know, it's like the cobbler's shoes, like marketers who are just like, I haven't actually focused at all on growing my brand or, or what yeah. I do, right? Work with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, why do we do that? Why do we yeah. like, we kind of give and give and give. And then it's like, you actually have to focus on your own brand equity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And so now you are working with coaches and consultants and people who want to be more thought leaders. Yeah. So for me, the big thing is, is like, I realized that especially now, and this, this goes into LinkedIn as well. Like what people are really seeking at the moment is like connection with other people, right? We were talking about this on my show as well. Like the, the belonging, the sense of belonging and yeah. sense of community. And I mean, people, that's a universal need, but I think especially this year, we've actually seen it like happen more people 100%. are really searching for that like connection and um i think through thought leadership and through personal branding we're able to make our mark on the world right like in a way that yes you can do that through business branding and there's lots of similarities there as well but what I'm really excited about is hearing people's stories and hearing their vulnerable moments. I know you're a fan of Brene Brown as well, right? And it's mm. like we, the first thing we look for in other people is their vulnerability, is their openness, is their willingness to say, oh, I stuffed up. But it's the last thing that we want to share. So for me, what I'm working on now is like I put together different sort of interview um, formats that help to draw that out of people, help to draw out those stories that their audience actually really want to hear. But it's so hard for us yeah. to to know what that is. You know, as we're talking on camera, we, we want to put the shiny front up. We want to be like, look how great I am. But sometimes we need to be like, 
this was the time I really failed. You know, I mean, I can tell you about times I failed too. Like my business partnership obviously didn't go well. I've been open about that. Like that's what people want to see. And I think that that's actually what real thought leadership and personal branding is about mm-hmm. is it's about that willingness to be human. Mm-hmm. And, and that includes fault. That includes not being perfect. You know, um, we're looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you listened to the How I Built This podcast with Guy Raz. No. no. Oh my gosh, you will love it. It's all story. But it's story of like, you know, uh, the guys who started Airbnb and the guys who started Instagram and the people who started Cisco and like all of the really big companies in the US and around the world that we know. And I think for me, as I was building my business, actually listening to that podcast was gold for me because it was like they were still in their full-time jobs or sleeping in their parents' basements for the first four years and they didn't draw a salary and they were putting all their money into it and some of them maxed out their credit cards and it was all the failures It was all like, you know, you guys see this big, shiny, amazing thing now, but you have no idea what it took us to actually get here. And I think that that is something that I really value as well. Like you were saying, it's that vulnerability. It's the journey that we want to hear. Whereas we look at somebody and we're like, oh my gosh, they were an overnight success. And most people who you say are an overnight success, they're like, yeah, overnight success, 10 years in the making and a million mistakes between then and now, Mm. you know? So I just think, you know, I've talked about the fact that I had a million products and, um, you know, I had to get, I wanted to get rid of them all and things that I thought would absolutely fly and be amazing flopped and things that I was like, meh, let's give it a go was successful. And it's just that push and pull of trying and seeing what works and, but being really open about that journey as well. And just knowing that it's all an evolution and where we start is not where we're going to end. Mm. Um, and there's going to be so much in between of highs and lows uh, and I think that that journey and that story is so important, but make sure you go check out that podcast because you will love right, it. If you I'll love story. I'll check it. It just made me think as well, you know, like it, life isn't a montage and like, you, you know, you it's, it's actually another thing that Brene Brown says. She's just in my head now. So now I'm getting all this <laughs> Brene Brown stuff, but like you can't skip back to, right. You can't go from like, oh, I'm here and now I'm there and that's it. Like I can see success, therefore now I can see success. And I think what happens, especially for a lot of entrepreneurs, independent small business owners who have left the corporate world to go and fashion something of their own making, right, is like, we're visionaries, we're creatives. Like even if you're an analytical person, you're still creative because you have that like vision of, I can see my future. I can see where I need to be. And then you feel like a failure because you're like, why am I at the top of that mountain yet? I can see the top of the mountain. Why am I not there? I know. (laughs) I keep wondering why Marie Folio hasn't called me or Amy Porterfield, but I'm still waiting just in case that they are listening to the podcast. Um, You know, if you go to my website, you will be able to contact me there. So I'm sure it's coming. It's coming. coming. Maybe Tony Robbins. I'm here (laughs) just to let you know. Uh, But listen, I swear we could talk all day, but let's talk about LinkedIn, which is what, what we are talking about today. So give us a little bit of background. Like what, why has LinkedIn changed? Like, where do you think LinkedIn is now that is relevant to small businesses? Yeah. So it's really interesting. One thing about LinkedIn that I think LinkedIn is only starting to realize now. 
like they actually took a while to figure this out as a company themselves is that the, the thing that's super advantageous about LinkedIn is actually being able to connect with other businesses, right? So what we're seeing at the moment is like, you know, sort of like a bit more of a, and I mean, it's COVID has thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works, but what we were seeing in terms of the future of work was like more and more people sort of becoming independent, going off on their own, sort of like if you imagine these little nodes, right, of yeah. like, of, of people being able to network in a way where they could provide end-to-end solutions to a client, but could be just a part of that, but in not be in this like drone work, disengaged environment of the corporate world. So it's like, I can be independent. I can have my own business. And by having all these collaborators around me, I can service clients to the best of my ability. And that's super exciting, right? Cause it's like, it gives you more work-life balance. It gives you a feeling of like, I'm actually making something of myself. Self, we see that thing all the time of like, I, you know, find your inner genius. We can do that because of our ability to network. What LinkedIn does that other platforms don't do is that LinkedIn, like if you use it properly, it's like straight away, you can see what that person's interested in from a career perspective. Right. So it's like some people will use Facebook like that. Some people will use Instagram like that. But on LinkedIn, everyone's thinking like that. Where is my talent? What are my skill sets? What am I interested in? And so I think it provides us with, with this opportunity to network in a professional way, but still a way that's about social capital. You know, it's about, oh, I can connect with someone in Italy who's interested in the same sort of things in content marketing that I'm interested in. Yeah, It's very hard to f- connect with people who are like-minded from a business standpoint using any other platform. So I, LinkedIn has talked about it in terms of like being a way to get jobs, a way to advertise for jobs. You know, like you said before, like from a recruiter's perspective, it was great and it still is great, but that's not what I think LinkedIn is really about. Like for me, I'm like, I never think about LinkedIn in terms of that. And I see a lot of people like jumping on LinkedIn because like, oh, I might lose my job. I need to get another job. Or, But for business owners, I think business owners have the most to gain from LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my initial kind of um, pitch. Pitch. <laughs> But I know I haven't convinced you yet, Suze. That's all right. That's okay. I'm a slow burn. That's all right. So let's talk about the three things that we really need to be thinking about and executing on in order to create really great marketing yeah. elements on LinkedIn. Well, so the, the way I sort of break this down is in terms of your profile, your content and your messaging. So when we start, let's start with profile and the way I would encourage people to think about it is almost like a landing page. Like what happens on LinkedIn is like one, people will get to your profile and decide whether or not to connect. They're not going to probably go to your website. I mean, they might, but they're probably, if you've got a good profile, they can just stay on your profile page and understand more about you there. Yeah. Um, but one thing as well that I would say is that I think people are thinking that their profile is like their resume. So they write it kind of like, (laughs) oh, this is all the job experience that I have, you know, but if we think about it from the landing page perspective, then we need to start thinking about, well, who are the key stakeholders? Who are the people that actually I want to be communicating with on this platform? So if you're someone who's selling, um, like you're a consumer brand, right? So say you're selling clothes. You might be like, actually on LinkedIn, the people I want to connect with are potential distributors. There's, it's people who are actually running other e-commerce stores who could sell my wares, yeah. right? 
Um, so you want to think about those stakeholders in terms of like, who is it specifically that I want to be connecting with on this platform? And maybe it's like three or four. So how do you write your profile in relation to those three or four different types of stakeholders? I think a lot of people think customer only. I'm like, think customer first, but don't think customer only. So yes, you need to think about your customer stakeholder, but for people who are like, well, why would I be on LinkedIn? Cause I'm selling to consumers. It's like, it's because of the other enterprises you can do business with. So that's how I'd be thinking about it from that perspective. And the other thing is like really, really simple stuff. So you know how you talked about, and I'm sure people listening to your show have heard you say this about the neon sign thing. Right? Yeah. So it's like, what's the neon sign above your head? Like, you've got to think about that with LinkedIn as well. So like the, I see heaps of people who don't have a photo, they don't have a banner, you know, like as in the header yeah. thing. It's like, that's, that's like prime real estate. That's like a free ad that you can just like put there. So what's the imagery you want to use there? What do you want people to see as soon as they land on your profile? And then how do you tell them a story that builds their curiosity? Right. So like, I know I'm speaking your language here, right? Like how do you, say something that is going to be like, oh, like what's, what's this person actually do? Because if you're like really um, concrete and boring about like, oh, the, here's my headline, like I help these people do this by doing blah. It's like, okay, cool. But if you say like, so for me at the moment, I change mine all the time, but at the moment it's like, join my next content hackathon. So for people who are like, wait, what's a content hackathon? I'm like, great, I've got your attention. Or like I use my, my brand name of like the business scientist that has got me so much PR. Like I don't pitch for PR at all, but if you're like the business scientists, that's interesting. They're kind of lean in. So you want to create those lean in moments right at the top of your profile and then tell a story again. That's like for my target audience, whoever it is that I'm trying to talk to on LinkedIn, this is what they need to kind of understand. So I use like the five elements of story to kind of structure that. So like identify the situation, talk about the problem that that person has, you know, and think about one person. Don't try to think about 20 because it's hard to think about 20 people. <laughs> yeah. So that like ideal avatar, like what, what's the big problem that they have? What are those symptoms that they have? What's the action or the solution that they need to take, which positions you as the guide. And that's when you start talking about yourself. So a lot of people on LinkedIn think, Oh, the about section needs to be about me. And it's like, no, the about section needs to be about who you're speaking to and then position you as that, that guide. That's like, okay, so we've got, sorry, just quickly the five elements of story. So it was situation, problem, solution, or action, and then the results. So if yeah. you can like kind of, and I saw you do this in your profile as well, like dot point down, like here's the results I get from my clients. And then, you know, the, the kind of call to action, which is like the resolution, the end of the story, what do you need to do next? Well, you need to message me. And, yeah. and, and there's no shame in like keeping it on the platform. So what I found was like, I tried out going, Oh, should I send people to like a landing page or like go book a call on my website or should I just tell them to message, message me? me? Yeah. And it's so much, I mean, just get people to message you. That's like, don't make it complicated. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like that's changed. I mean, that's similar on Instagram as well now where it's kind of like, don't send people off the platform, just yeah. get them to DM you. And I just think, yeah, the gold is in the messaging and in the DMs and in that, yeah, direct messages. But I love the way that you talked about really look at your LinkedIn profile as a landing page. Mm. I think that that's a really good way to frame it and think about how you're talking about what you do and the visual elements of it and that sort of thing. So I think that that is, yeah, really useful too. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, it's really, really basic stuff. Like, you know, if you've got a company page, make sure like you've actually set up a company page on LinkedIn because it's not that you have to, I never use my company pages. I, I just think it's so much harder to get traction on them. I mean, I use them a tiny bit, but not really. I was going to ask you whether you, I've got a company page and we have put like, I feel like we did it a while ago. Now we don't really do it now. Like I just share it on my personal profile, but like the podcast or things like that. Yeah. Um, so do you don't use yours as much? It's more just. Yeah. So the main thing I use it for is that for on my profile page, yeah. when you scan down, it has a logo. Yeah. Right. That's the main yeah. thing. Cause that looks really bad. And so many people do, I'm like, it's a simple thing. Just set up a little company page. You don't have to put anything on it, but just so you have that image it of like, this makes company, it look a little bit more legit. Yeah. A little bit more <laughs> legit. That's what we're going for. A little yeah. bit more legit. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of posting, look, I have one for my podcast and I have one for like my business and I mainly like, I've got quite a lot of, well, not, not a lot, but I've got people following it that I'm like, I've never marketed this and people are following it. So I probably should put something on there. Um, I think it depends on your objectives. If you're going to sell your business one day, you need to build your company page, right? Like it's the same with Facebook. Like you have to, because your business is worth what the brand equity is that you're building. So if you're not putting effort into building that brand equity through those company assets, that's Mm. problematic. But if you're, if it's like you and you're like, well, this is my personal business, it's always going to be me or it's going to be my family or, you know, personal profile. If you look at like, um, what's his name? The really, really famous guy who owns Virgin. (laughs) Richard Branson. That's the one. I just had like a blank. I was like, what's his name? So Richard Branson, if you ever look at how many people follow him versus how many people follow Virgin, it's like heaps more people are following Mm. him, right? And that goes back to that sort of thought leadership piece as well. Like people want to follow people. So uh, yeah, that's what I'd say about that. Yeah, cool. And so once we've sort of sorted out our profile, uh, what else do we need to be doing? What's the next thing in the three key steps? Okay. So the next thing is, well, it's connection and content, right? So you do want to be connecting with people um, and you do want to be sort of not doing this thing where you, you, connect with someone and then you're like, this is why you should buy my stuff. Oh my gosh. I get that all the time, Lauren. It just kills me. It really does. I'm just like, you hate LinkedIn. It is because I feel like I get spammed all the time. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's becoming more and more of a problem. Um, and I think, LinkedIn needs to be careful because it can, I mean, it happens on all the social media platforms, right? But uh, LinkedIn, I think in particular, because people kind of see it as like a B2B directory. So you go like, what, you know, oh, okay, there's a business. I can look it up. Let me sell to that business. Um, but what I, what I would say instead is like, it's, it's that slow build. So it's about relationship building. It's just like if you went to an event, you wouldn't walk up to someone, although some people do this and go, Hey, I'm Lauren. Do you want to buy like an interview series off me? <laughs> no, I shouldn't do that. I'll stop doing that from now on. Okay. You, know what I, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of like, it's just, it's so not human. Like yeah. be a human. That, that's a big, this is like with every social media platform. Mm. So what I would say is like, okay, so in terms of brand building on the platform, you need to start reaching out to people, but you need to be reaching out to the right people in the right way. So it's going to depend on who your audience is. One thing that I see a lot 
um, a lot of is people go like, I'm going to reach out to executives because executives are like the key decision makers. So therefore, if I just reach out to them, they're at the head of the company and therefore like I'll get what I want. It's like, no, they're the people that get heaps of messages and they're probably not even the right person for you to be talking to. And this, this is where like, you know, in the business to business space, that key stakeholder stuff becomes really important because we're not just selling to a person, we're selling to a business and we're selling to their team. You know, we're selling to all the people who are influenced by the decision that they need to make. So we want to really understand who is the right person for us to be talking to and what is it that we, um, that's, that's going to, again, pique their interest. So I would actually say like, keep your connection requests relatively short and reach out to someone by actually like doing the work of getting interested in who they are. So, oh, this kind of person would be great because they have an e-commerce store that could sell my stuff. I'm just using that as an example. So why don't I just have a look at their profile and kind of just be human? Like, hey, I love what you're doing. I had a look at your shop. So cool. Love the pink. Like, you know, just, just be a human and yeah, <laughs> like, would yeah. love to connect. Like, why wouldn't you connect with someone who's being nice to you and is like, like your profile, you know? So I think like write a message, but don't sell. Once that person is in your network, then your content becomes important, right? So we actually use our content more than we use messaging. You yeah. can have conversations when they, they kind of arise, but use the content as a way to, um, to engage. So one thing that a lot of people don't realize with LinkedIn is they think that, oh, if I put content out there, it'll just go to like my whole network. So I've got a thousand people in my network. It'll just go to everyone in my network. It's like, no, that's not how it works. What happens is, is LinkedIn goes, okay, you put a piece of content out in the first hour. Has anyone been interested in it? What's happened in the first hour? Right. And I think Facebook algorithms probably works the same. So it's like, okay, we've got some traction on this. Yeah. We're going to show this to a bit more of your network. So it shows it to a small sample, then a bigger sample. And then in the first 24 hours, if it gets even more traction, then LinkedIn's like, this is a good post. Okay. We might show this to more people. So it's really important to have content that is speaking to the people in your network and beyond that you want to reach but um, also to realize that it's not going to be like you put one post out there, <laughs> everyone sees it, which I mean, you know, that's probably seems obvious, but you, you know, it, it's interesting because this goes to my point about why I think LinkedIn is actually really, really great for people who've been already successful and on other social media platforms. There's only about, I don't know if the stats have changed recently. The last time I looked, it's less than 3% of people post on LinkedIn. So you've got the massive amount of users. The users only are on the platform about 15 minutes a day. So it's short, short period of time. Um, But most people aren't posting. Most people are quiet. So it's actually, if you're vocal, if you want to like get out there and reach more people, especially if in your area, there's not a lot of people on LinkedIn, great way to get cut through way more cut through than you're going to get on something like Facebook where it's so loud. Mm -hmm. And for people who are kind of like, Oh no, but I think my audience is really on Instagram and Facebook, say for instance. So like, I know like mums, Facebook is awesome for mums, right? If you're marketing to mums, that's where a lot of mums hang out. But also if you're thinking about nurturing for future and you're going, okay, well, these are people who might be interested in me in a year 
you're going to get heaps more cut through on LinkedIn because not many people are talking about what you're talking about on LinkedIn. Interesting. So do you know what I mean? Like it's sort of like people think, yes. oh, I've got to choose the right platforms. It's like I use TikTok to market my podcast and it's growing my podcast. And people are like, what? You use TikTok to market your podcast? I'm like, yeah, because not many people are doing it. So people are still, it's not like they change platforms and then suddenly don't be, they're no longer interested in the things they were interested in five minutes ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's it's sort of like people think, oh, but on LinkedIn people do business. I'm like, I'm still the same person. <laughs> you're a different person when you're on LinkedIn. Um, okay, so I've got a couple of questions. So yes. number one, uh, what do you think of like long form posts versus articles? Mm-hmm. So what do you think gets good traction? Because yep. see, now my brain's going into like overdrive where I'm like, well, I actually write sort of mini posts blog posts in my instagram yeah yeah so it is uh teachable content yeah that's under two thousand characters i think it is yeah as opposed to an article like what do you think gets better traction so this isn't just what i think this is actually like how linkedin works like articles aren't great like posts are much much better um linkedin should they be long should they be short uh, you can actually mix it up. So it's it's funny. I've done a lot of experimenting with it on my own content, but it's hard to know what it's like for different, um, you know, d- different industries and, and different audiences. One of the things I found really interesting was that text posts, if they're long and they don't have images, can actually get a lot of reach. Wow. Um, yeah, I was really surprised by that. And I think what it is, is that LinkedIn's looking at, are you clicking the find, the find out more? You know, so it shows like a little yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of the post. Yeah. And then it's like, are people clicking to read more of your post? Yeah. And so if you've got, it doesn't have to I'm be I'm going to test long. that. Yeah. Yeah, I would test it. I'm going to test, test that. Because I just hate like creating new content. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, for me on Instagram, I don't know, I just write quite easily on there. And then obviously I take stuff from like our podcasts or whatever and I write about those sorts of things. But I just think I've got so much content on Instagram that I could easily go back and share that. Totally. On LinkedIn as well. So that's interesting. So you think potentially testing text only mini blogs or mini captions is worth testing out on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And the biggest thing I would say if you're going to do that is um, check the hashtags that you use. So on LinkedIn, it's a bit, I don't know. Well, you can How tell me about it. You, you can use as many as you want, but it doesn't what, have a limit. It doesn't have a limit, but what um, I've heard from people who use it quite well, and this is all kind of like, it does become a little bit of like, well, he said this and she said this and blah, but um, it generally works well for me is I use three. Um, the order of the hashtags apparently matter as well. Um, and obviously they need to be relevant, but also have a lot of followers. So like, for instance, if I use a hashtag like content, content marketing is a great hashtag for me. One, it's completely relevant to everything I'm talking about. Two, I'll often get trending in that, um, in that people who follow that hashtag and lots of people follow it. Mm. So it's like, suddenly you go from just reaching your network to anyone who's following content marketing or branding. Like, Like, yeah, I've just written down three. Yeah. Well, so you can just search it as well. So for people who are listening to this, if you're like, how do I know how many followers it has? If you just like go to the search bar at the top of LinkedIn, you search like hashtag uh, brand, say for instance, like I know 
brand is a much worse hashtag to use than branding. Mm. So branding has a much bigger following. So yeah, I would imagine things, so. yeah. you just have to like check or like leadership yeah. is a really good one. If you talk anything about leadership, put it on. All right, <laughs> I'm writing it down, hashtag. people. Are you writing it down, people? Okay, so leadership. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so articles, you think are like dead? They're just dead. Don't use them. You can use them, but if you look at what's happening on LinkedIn now, they recently added this really cool feature, which is they've put featured links on your profile. So you can go like, here's my website featured. Link. I've added here's mine. My... It's cool, right? Yeah. Like it's really great. That, that used to kind of be where it'd be like, here's your latest articles. Here's this person's latest articles. So now it's like you, you actually have to really go digging to find someone's past articles and I don't know why LinkedIn's doing this, but it's like when you post an article, it just doesn't get much rate. It's like when you reshare, don't even bother resharing stuff on LinkedIn. Like it's, unless you have to, like I would reshare if you like pr- promoted this, I would obviously reshare it. Right. But I might also go back to your webpage and share it directly from your webpage. So then it's yeah. like, it gets more, more engagement. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn okay. re- relatively nice about things like sharing links. So if you do want to use LinkedIn articles or for people who are like, but I did heaps of LinkedIn articles and they want to get more traction from it. What you can do is grab the link from the article and share that mm. rather than sharing directly from that. It's yeah. really weird. LinkedIn likes other links, but it doesn't promote articles that well. I don't know why. Well, it's interesting because somebody else said to me, and this is one of the ladies in my community, that she doesn't put the link to her podcast in the actual post. She puts it in the comments mm. because apparently LinkedIn doesn't like when you put an external link in the com in the like in the post. Yeah. So is this of, true, Lauren? So so many people have said this, right? And I like did heaps of testing on it and I was like, nah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first people it is not true so you can it's put external true. links in the post totally and I've it just, won't be demoted no it like okay. so i've done things like where i've linked out to my youtube video versus embedding a video into linkedin and the the youtube link will get more uh way more like views like i'm talking like in two days it will get like a th- 1200 like uh reach like 1200 people like 1200 people have viewed yeah, the post yeah. versus like if i put a video up the next day it might be like 500 people have viewed the video okay so my uh, next question for you as well we will get to the next thing as well no no, no it's cool but That's because right. you and i just streamed into so obviously us well not obviously but i use Streamyard for my facebook lives uh-huh. that i do either in my course or on my page I haven't used it. I know that it can go to other platforms, but I haven't yet ventured that far. Uh, how are you finding the reach and the engagement when you stream to those multiple platforms and, and when you're streaming to LinkedIn? Like how long have you been doing that and, and how's it been? Yeah, so LinkedIn live stream is, is something I haven't talked about a lot because not everyone gets access to it. So it's like, you have to apply for it. And um, it's something that I'm kind of like, well, until it's like democratized and everyone has access, I don't really want to be like, well, this is all the opportunities that LinkedIn Live has. So even though I've got StreamYard, I can't just automatically live stream to LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know that. I know, right? So it's like, but because you do heaps of live streaming on Facebook, because you're a podcaster, you would get access. I, I okay. know you would get access. So they kind of go and take a look at the quality or what you've done before and then they decide. Is that 
Yeah, they basically, so you go through an application process and they'll ask you questions like, which is why I think this is part of their decision-making process. Where else have you live stream? Include any links that you have to your live stream. How often do you live stream? How often will you be live streaming? LinkedIn have also taken live streaming off people that don't use it. So if you get access to it and then you go quiet, they'll be like, nah, someone it's like use it or lose it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'm like, oh, I'm having two weeks off in a few weeks. Is that no, nah, it's fine. Two weeks is okay. But yeah, you've once you get access to it and you like connect it with StreamYard, it'll be like Okay, cool. So you have this now. What are you going to do? (laughs) Pressure. But it it is really good. Like it's definitely, it's where I get the most um, comments, conversations, but it's also where I've spent the most time. Um, So I think the, sorry, I think the, uh, (laughs) I just had to fix my microphone because I was slowly like just dipping down. Um, I think the, I, I used to do Facebook lives as well. Um, you know, just doing Facebook lives. And then, you know, I only recently started doing all three. What I find is that, uh, yeah, LinkedIn is where the conversation happens, but it's, it's also where I put the most effort into, into um, growing because I'm interested in talking to other people in business. They're my clients. So it's like, it makes a lot of sense for me to, to be there. But for other people listening to this, if they are like live streaming on other platforms already, I would say go and apply for it because that's what LinkedIn from my understanding is going to look at. Uh, But yeah, definitely like way more than on Facebook. Um, Just, just also people asking questions. Like I just find there's more intellectual engagement on LinkedIn for what I do than, um, than what I've seen on Facebook and YouTube. Interesting. Okay, cool. So out of that, we need to potentially repurpose our content and put it in posts um, and use your three hashtags if that's how many you can use, but go check them out as well. Uh, You can have links that go out of LinkedIn. They won't penalize you, which is good to know as well. And then, um, yeah. And so anything else around content that we need to think about? Yeah. So I think like the other question I get asked a bit is like, how many times should you post? Um, so like I know someone who was like live streaming twice a day and I was like, Oh, that's going to annoy people like two or three times a day. Another podcaster, he, he got really excited. <laughs> and I was like, cause he's like really live streaming good for you. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, how often do you live, do you live stream? Like three or four times a week. So like daily, I think is fine. But like if you know, and it's the same with posting, like if you're so how often do day, you live stream? So I do it about three or four times a week. Oh, wow. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then now sometimes on Friday. But um, And are they all podcast interviews or are you just sometimes, you're just going live? um, If I go live, I also put on my podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much everything I repurpose. um, And then I, you know, I do heaps. I'm massive on repurposing too. So I've got like about a year's worth of content that like if I stopped recording stuff now, I could still have stuff. (laughs) I love it. Love it. It's like a massive bank that's like yeah. building and building. But um, so I, yeah, I'm really into repurposing stuff. So for me, live streaming is about people are dipping in and out of the conversation when it's like posting something. If you're going to do like a text post or an image post, it really is about like providing value over and over again. And then you can ask for something in return. So, you know, I think people use like the four one, one rule, like do four value posts, one that's like a soft sell and one that's like, Hey, like, you know, I'm looking for five people this week who, you know, want to achieve this in the next 90 days, you know, that kind of hard, harder sell. So you can absolutely 
do those promotional pieces, but don't do that every day. Like if you did that every day, people are going to be like, well, this is spammy. So Mm. you want to think about how do I provide value to my network? How do I stay top of mind? And the thing I really like about live streaming is that, and this happens on Facebook as you know, as well, and happens on Instagram. When you're live streaming, people get a notification. So everyone in my know, I think it's pretty much everyone in my network gets a notification like Lauren's live streaming if they happen to be, you know, on the LinkedIn platform. Well, you know, something which I've not noticed before is that after we got off the live stream that we just did this morning, as I was on LinkedIn, a little notification came up that somebody else was going live, which I have not seen before because mm. I'm not on there that much, but I will be. Uh- <laughs> Have I convinced you yet? <laughs> hey, you know something? If I don't have to come up with new content, you're, I'm halfway there. Like, totally. yeah, I'm yeah. definitely willing to test it. I'm definitely willing to get my online business manager to test it even more. Because, um, yeah, like you, I've got loads of content. So it's just really um, deciding what content's relevant for that audience mm. and then testing out and seeing what works. And I think, you know, like with um, almost like from a, I, I kind of mentioned this point before, but from a competing standpoint, there's a lot less competition on. LinkedIn. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. to me it feels, although saying that, I don't really see other people that do what I do, but then I don't probably follow them. So I don't know mm. what that's that's like but anyway okay cool so that's content and so what's the third thing so the third thing is around conversational messaging i was like can we do three c's no because profile doesn't start with a c damn um so when it comes to like i mentioned a little bit about the connection request piece before but there's no reason that you can't keep a conversation going you just need to pick the right moments to do it so if you think about just like brand 101 stuff we're always thinking about where is this person at in their their customer journey what are they experiencing what are those emotional highs and lows so for instance a great time to start a conversation with someone is when they've just gone and liked your post right so you just like jump on little message like hey thanks so much for liking my post really appreciate it and again make it about that other person like what people are overlooking with LinkedIn is that it's an opportunity for that real one-on-one connection that sounds like it's going to be a lot of work but remember this is business to business relationships that we're talking about so for me I'm like there's like maybe three people that I'm like that those people become like so crucial to my business growing because that's how my, that's how my business works. So if you're after like quantity, again, you want to think about like, what are those key relationships that are going to help me with like distribution or that are going, what are those key partnerships? What are the joint ventures I can do here? So if you're using LinkedIn and trying to play a quantity game and you know, you're sending out those spammy messages, like, Hey, I'm just doing this promotional thing now and here's my ebook and here's my blah and blah. It's, it's, that's not the place to be doing it. You want to think about like, why, when do I want to converse with this person and how can I learn more about them? How can I be curious about them and how can I have a conversation with them? So, um, and I think, you know, I think we use Facebook and, and Instagram in a similar way. Just, just, you look at, you need to actually go and look at that person's profile because on LinkedIn, what people are assuming is they're like, I've got my profile. I've told you about my business. I've told you about myself. It's all there for you to see. So like, go and look at it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We're like, on then Facebook. call me. Yeah. And then, and then talk to me where like on Facebook, it's like, it's a little bit more nebulous. It might not be as obvious. So you kind of have an excuse to not know about someone, but on LinkedIn, it's like, you actually really don't. So go and have a look at, that person why you want to talk to them why did they like what you said like 
all of those people who engage in our LinkedIn live stream today, right? You could just go back and be like, hey, thanks so much for like, I'm not saying you should do this, Susie. I was planning on doing that. Right, because it's like, oh, here's all these people who we're like, like I'm connected with who've jumped in and now they know about you. They're already going to trust you more because I'm connected with them. So it's like leveraging those things. And that's where I think like comments, conversation, it's a, it's a place where people want to share ideas. So you can absolutely go and create a whole network through LinkedIn, which I think is just, is very, very cool. Awesome. That's so good. Oh, I definitely, I am definitely willing to try more, Lauren. Let's just say that, shall we? I have this kind of, I have this push and pull. It's like, am I missing it? Should I be there more? And then I'm like, give it a go. Um, but yeah, I do just spend all of my time on Instagram most of the time. But I do feel like there's an opportunity there to get a little bit more involved in what's happening on LinkedIn for sure. So thanks so much for sharing all of that with us. Oh, no problems. I'm so glad good. I convinced you. I feel proud of myself. <laughs> that was my that was my sole objective of this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you can give yourself a high five now. Um, and so, where can my listeners find you? Where, obviously, where do you hang out? <laughs> Is that a silly question? That's a pretty silly question. But anyway. Well, what I was going to say is for anyone listening to this who's like, oh, I'm not sure about LinkedIn or I don't have any people on LinkedIn, come and say hello to me. I'll absolutely connect with anyone who's connected with you. So he's like happy to do that. And, um, you know, I'm always happy to give people a bit. Like I love talking about this, as you can tell. So if people yeah. are like, uh, like, I don't know what to do, um, reach out to me. It actually reminds me one other thing to think about is like get testimonials on your LinkedIn page. So you can go, that's one of the things that's super easy to do on LinkedIn. You literally just write something like, can you review my, um, give me a recommendation and mm. your recommendations all sit there. So, you know, if people are kind of like, I don't know a lot of people on LinkedIn, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm a connector. So reach out to me and I'm happy to connect people with the right people as well. Awesome. And what's your website? Oh, it's just laurencrest.com, which is with a K. <laughs> Yes, I will. We will have all of the links in the show notes as well. So you can go and connect with Lauren on LinkedIn and her website, etc. But thanks so much for hanging out today. We've just been hanging out all morning together, which has been been pretty cool. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that we will see you around here again. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Suze. That was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed that. So what I want to start doing, which I feel like all of my episodes are very action orientated and I know that so many of you send me messages and say, I take loads of notes and, you know, I have so many things that I have either done or I want to do after listening to your podcast. So I'm going to just add a little, you know, take action section to the end of the podcast now and I'm going to try and do that every week. So for me, one of my favorite things was the landing page. So make sure that when you think about LinkedIn and you look at your LinkedIn profile, you really see it as a landing page and think customer first, but not customer only. So, you know, for me, one of the things that I updated on LinkedIn a while ago was my speaker profile. I made it like a separate job under the business. And so I'm not just wanting to speak to say women in business who might be interested in the Bold Speakers Collective or Brand Builders Academy, Uh, but I'm also presenting myself as a speaker uh, and I'm also presenting myself as somebody who does training and things like that. So 
I think just maybe take a look at your LinkedIn profile with fresh eyes and say, you know, who is this speaking to? And is this a really enticing um, like hook when it comes to this being like a landing page. So I kind of really liked that. So I think that's an action that I'm going to take and just kind of look over mine and see, is there something else I should be adding uh, to make it really exciting or interesting or something that really draws people in? Because, you know, I like to draw people in uh, so <laughs> in a very non-creepy way. But anyway, I loved chatting with Laura and make sure that you go over to the show notes and check out all of her details. And she has a podcast, which she streams on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I think Twitter all at once. And she does that several times a week. The girl is a content machine. So make sure you check her out. I really love this. And obviously, if you enjoyed this episode, then make sure you share it. And don't forget to enter the competition because it's a pretty awesome prize. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixon on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.